2: And welcome to the AEW All Out 2022 review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Deadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamblet and Michael Sidwick. Here to review everything that happened on Sunday night's All Out pay per view. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, but Oh pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a Buddy good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet, and which to review All Out. Michael Hamflat was there for the live stream on Sunday night, and due to various scheduling conflicts, this is the first time we've been able to get round a table and talk all about it. Um, if you're wondering why on earth we aren't referencing the rather large events that went on following All Out, the Fallout from all out, some might say. He's really happy with that one, is not he? We are going to be just discussing that on a separate podcast, and no doubt as we head throughout the rest of this week, dynamite reviews, previews, etc., etc. So, focusing just on the pay per view, Sige, what did you make of this
3: show? Not much, if I'm being absolutely brutally honest. Um, recently, the take on let's call it the post all the post CM Punk or mid CM Punk era of pay per views is. They're all phenomenal. It's a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. Various degrees of um, like what's the word I'm looking for here? There's been various degrees of the shows like sort of sagging somewhat. Mm. All out didn't. Full gear kind of did because I didn't need to see um the MMA lads and top team go 20 minutes. <laughs> Revolution didn't for me. Double or nothing badly did. But the 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 general trick of the formula is. Yeah, it depends on how tired you are, what side of the pond you're on, or you're just your general just stamina levels. You're going to get a great show whether you can be truly asked about all of it or not. This broke the pattern in what I thought was a pretty ugh way because you got the most matches ever, I think. It's 15 incorporating zero hour and literally only three for me were of proper AEW standard, like only three. And there were sev- more than one disappointment on this show.
2: It's fair to say they had a, f- a big challenge to live up to in All Out 2021. You were obviously doing the live stream They've, for it. It's weird when when we have the, the, the streams because I feel like we get a bit of a disconnect. I always find that you, you know, just analyzing have more of a balanced take because we're pissing about or just not being able to hear stuff or what, or what have you. What did you make of it all?
4: Yeah, that's, you know, worth mentioning. I did do the stream, but I did watch, like, the bulk of the show back yesterday. A, because I'm a professional, but B, because there were things I was genuinely looking forward to seeing again. And that's a credit to the show, I guess. It's a really strange one, this. So, um, I would agree with Cedric. There's probably maybe two or three, like, genuinely great matches, but, like, that are bordering on classics. Now, we would often be able to classify a um, a WWE pay-per-view pre-AEW with like well was it a, was it a great show well it had like three matches four stars and above so yes is a short mm-hmm. answer to that like that would happen so rarely uh, over across various eras that that would always be enough you there isn't we said this before we're always chasing utopia but there is no perfect show right so you want to basically get as close to perfect as possible um, the problem is as we said on multiple podcasts and TV reviews there is probably a four star match looking around the corner of any given week so that isn't enough anymore to kind of like fill the gaps mm. or make up for the rest of the stuff that doesn't quite work. I found this to be one of the better paced AW shows. I think Revolution, I know a lot of people say like all out, I understand why all out 2021 is the best AEW show ever, consensus. But I preferred Revolution. I think pacing had a lot to do with it. I think that's because it was the best paced, had the best time. And the fact you had a bunch of rippers as well only kind of helped. Um, this wasn't paced brilliantly, but I think the placement of the great matches was maybe the biggest problem. Um, and as well, it's it's odd we are not going to talk about it, and I promise this will be the closest I will do to an allusion to it. Like, now I know what it's like to be like, be sat in November 1997 and being like, right, so let's talk about uh, Savio Vega and the New Age Outlaws versus the Goblins and the New Blackjacks, like long after anybody could possibly <laughs> give a toss about it. Um This pay-per-view was as good as did 15 minutes after it happened. So even like just two days in, and even after watching the stream, yeah. certain like sort of, like some of your enthusiasm or something ever, it's like, well, yeah, but where does this fit into the the new way post everything that happened after? Where, like, what now? What now? What That sort of thing. So with AEW, where typically everything fits into a nice long-term storyline, with all of that filling up in the air, it kind of takes some of the value out of what you watched on Sundays. It's like, and, and a lot sucked. Like, we're going to get into A lot of stuff on the show wasn't very good. Mm. By like any, not WWE, bar AEW standards, a lot of it wasn't that great. So it's a really strange night, this was.
2: Uh, Let's dive into it then, Sig. We'll start with with Zero Hour. We're not really going to go through everything that happened, of course. I suppose your takes on on Zero Hour, because my experience of it was what Twitter told me had happened, which was Action Bronson showed up, good, and Ruby Soho didn't have a very good night.
3: I'll try to to keep this brief because people don't even care about the pay-per-view itself, (laughs) (laughs) let alone Zero Hour. Bear in mind that... The right, uh, hypothetical scenario, CM Punk doesn't intentionally, without provocation, in fact, he had this elaborate idea to do it, which we'll get into in the podcast, mm-hmm. Um, imagine he didn't do that. The idea was, the buy-in, for whatever reason, Tony Khan has decided to rebadge it, the Zero Hour would have failed regardless of what followed the actual pay-per-view itself. Um, Ruby Soho got dumped on her head, and we saw, like, one of the... Best Destroyers of the year when Sammy Guevara sort of got Tay Mello to do it on Ortiz. I see a great Destroyer every single week. I don't want to be that old man wrestling fan, but I do even Mm -hmm. though it was great. Not enough to salvage it, who cares? The the idea that they did the sequel on Rampage was enough for literally the entire collective wrestling fandom to go, what? (laughs) It didn't need a second match, let alone a goddamn third, when the match card was already 14... Matches long. yeah, Preposterous. The sort of thing that, surely, can't you're listening to this. Anyway. um, Kip Sabian's new character sucks. And I feel guilty saying it because he seems like a nice lad. He's obviously tried to think, ironically, outside of the box. But, oh my God, <coughs> it is so bad. He has put so much work into it. He's grafted. He's been sat there for what feels like eight years mm-hmm. under the box and you think, I think his idea, right, was that famous Simpsons gag of, oh, the little guy hasn't even done anything yet, yeah. and he went to build the anticipation, he misses it, and hmm, I missed this match. I think the idea was, let's create some intrigue around Kip Sabian. Well, tough take Kip Sabian, because there's a new signing every single week. There's a new cameo on Rampage every single week. Your company's on fire, mate. This MJF's done this, CM Punk's doing his best work, and he's a complete... There's not a chance that this was ever going to get traction, and when he finally debuted the character to no buzz realistically or hype, it was kind of cringe inducing. Like he was doing this thing where he was like telling the audience to go up and cheer and then boo and then cheer and then boo. And I think he's trying to play this composite Batman villain. Mm. And yes, I am basically reading the script from my star ratings review, but <laughs> the mega fans will forgive me. Indeed. He's playing this character, I think he's meant to be this like conductor of chaos, and he can manipulate the crowds, and he can manipulate pack, and he's like the Joker, the Joker and the Riddler, whatever they are, nerd stuff, <laughs> all at once, and I'll get into this later as well. The more obviously you are playing a character in AW right now, which is as real as it gets, the more of a goof Mm. and a try hard and phony you Mm. look in the context of this company in the situation it's in right now so i just thought you're a guy playing a character i hate the character and you're not really convincing playing a theatrical character and you're screaming in a box
4: and you're way more leto than ledger if you're going for (laughs) this sort of thing there are very big flaws underpinning the problems with this character as well like so what happens here is like and I know we're not going to do match reviews, but I think this is a big, a wider point like yeah. AW's lack of focus at the moment in general, right? Gentlemen's <laughs> three at best. If yeah, well, this is it, right? If you're having <laughs> a gentleman's three with Pac in any environment, that's not ideal, right? Because that's a uh, that undersells one of supposedly the best wrestlers on your roster and a champion, no less. Yeah. You're, you're travelling champion that goes and represents AW around the world. So that's less than ideal, just for starters. But just isolated on Kip Sabian in particular, he spends the year. Uh, Cultivating this whole
0: like, all <sighs> poor guy, himself.
4: yeah, yeah, that's that's really unfair. And like, like him or not, or like it or not, it was a thing, right? So, you've got to pay this thing off. And we said this recently, I forget who which WWE wrestler it was, but it says, Oh, it was um JD McDonough. It's Like, well, he's got to win, but you put him in a situation where he can't, so then he's going to get beat. What do you do? You are absolutely knackered when that character loses, so he loses on day one. But it turns out that it's a twist and he can't read any chaos. And in fact, he's Al Snow with head and he's talking to it. like, he's not thinking outside of the box, he's talking to one. Right, and it's like that was the real quiz. That was the character all along. No, we can't let you off with that. <laughs> you of build up eight months under the box to then be like, oh, "No, actually, that wasn't a thing. It was this." Like, you can't do that. You can't just be like, "Yeah, in actuality, he was a psychopath the whole time." And it's like he's still a loser. He was a loser before eight months for zero gain, and now he's not in fact a supervillain. He's a dweeb. Like, there's no win, and he was,
2: and he wasn't on the main card,
4: and it, and it was, and there's a sort of there's a sort of implied relegation in the first after sword stigma. Yeah. yeah, like that is a that is like... And it, it, this is the problem. I feel sorry for Kip Sabian because a lot of people have brushed it off and be like, well, it's only Kip Sabian. I'd say that to Kip Sabian. This is like a multifarious failure yeah. of a character and it respects like a lot of individual thoughtlessness over a, about a year. That's wild for the company that, when it focuses and puts details into things, is the best in the world by miles. You know, it's... that's Like, I found that such a strange... Like, a catastrophe that just didn't look like one. I thought that was.
3: Absolutely. Um, Hook versus... Angelo Parker was the usual hook versus deluded um, prelim comedy heel routine. We've seen for what feels like an eternity at this point, and it didn't really matter how entertaining said prelim comedy heel is, and Angelo Parker is. I was really tired of the formula. Hook's been kind of cooled off significantly, so I couldn't care less about that. Ishii versus Kingston was amazing. Oh, my gosh. The idea of them just in a nice flow, a nice tempo, eating chops. Right, okay. Eating a chop eating a chop, steady metronomic rhythm until it started to hurt Kingston a bit more and he started to really sort of slow the pace down and then throw the chop. And Ishii was like, mentally, I've got you here. This is the best possible version of living Renfri in someone's head because the second that Kingston was really trying to absorb the pain, fight through it, and then with a roar, put more behind the chop, going to chop you faster. Going to (laughs) chop you faster response. And then the subversion where Kingston finally summoned up enough enough fighting spirit to drop him on his ass. Incredible. Then the bombs came. Then the no-selling came. And Ishii colors from the narrowest palette imaginable and still creates masterpieces. He's great. That match was great. It was the sole highlight of a flawed zero-hour concept. And my God, what an imposition on time
4: this was. Ones each as well. So really it exists more to build a rubber match, which itself will be this huge event. And it's like, so why the hell are you building this potentially huge event on your zero hour, which you're not yeah. sure with more value? And it's like, well, we can't, because we can't have Eddie Kingston on the paper. This is supposed to be a punishment. Well, if it's a punishment booking, why is it so awesome? Like the, yeah. Why yeah. is he having so much goddamn fun? The punished guy has got a far superior spot than the guy that he was supposedly punished for the infraction for. Yeah. That is absolutely all over the shop in its construction. The match was fantastic. I see action Bronson as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, that work. That's when I'm in arena things. It clearly works for a lot of people. It's a nice thing. when I'm like, well, clearly in AW, you're best friends with the people that you your entrance. Yeah, yeah, that was a theme that ran onto the main show <laughs> as well. Sign him up. I've changed my uh, AW signs to too many people to see the guy's abs, like singing Daniel Bryan. He's got better ones than Brian. <laughs> Put him in the blackpool combat club. Shut sure. <laughs> up.
2: Let's start on the main card, So Let's start with the casino ladder match. It was Claudio Castagnoli, uh, Wheeler Utah, Penta El Zero Miedo, Ray Phoenix, Roosh, Andrade El Idolo, Dante Martin, and... Oh, hang on. oh, f- did you use the extra person in the...
3: Oh, um, wait there. The Joker, baby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, it's a cursed concept, this, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely sucks. <laughs> like, I, I'm happy it by what ass. happened by the end of everything, yeah. but the concept of this sucks as for the reasons you pointed out on social media but i'm sure
3: sucks ass the, the mega, mega fans f- will forgive me the success it sucked ass and it kind of sucked like the better and the cooler the moves were because it was just if you're going to take stupid bumps and taking a destroyer on a suspended ladder bridge is a stupid bump that will accumulate and accumulate into brain damage <laughs> if you're going to do that and wrestlers kind of in about 50 years, we'll realize we're all willingly doing it. It's just the kind of taboo subject we don't really want to talk about because it ruins the fun. God damn it, doing it in a match. Make it make sense for goddamn sake. Imagine, right, the whole idea behind the MGF thing, which we'll get to, is this master plan hatched over a series of months. Hamlet. Give them the details, and I'll give you the one that you had a little bit of trouble with. I don't want to patronize you, but I, no, didn't, yeah. I didn't get this until you brought it up. But so, so, why were the deadlies?
4: Huh? So, on Wednesday, we're all a bit like... So, Willie Morrissey walks down the aisle, and we all kind of collectively make the same noise. What? <laughs> and he's the latest Stokely guy, and Stokely's putting this gang of losers together, and like... What's the deal with that, you know? And then, obviously, it's when it's revealed, it Stokely pulls the hood off. You kind of put the faces together. And as we're kind of putting the whole puzzle together, and it is MJF, and that you think, well, hang on. Morrissey was MJF's heavy during the labours of Wardlow. Uh, he used the gun club as guys to, like, cheer up FTR with when the pinnacle were falling apart. He was on commentary, if you remember. when Remember Punk versus Moriarty, and MJF was like, huh, he's having trouble with this rookie. And then he was like, hey, he's not so bad, this kid. And all that sort of like, the, if you go back... It's AEW. This is this is the AEW that we support. Like we celebrate and what that doesn't, doesn't matter more. anymore. <laughs> yeah, but that's the one you want to celebrate. <laughs> like I don't know how this MJS stable is going to play out. This could all be like more head cannon than actual on-screen stuff. But for the benefit of what we've seen thus far, it turns out that for three months while he was sat at home like pondering his next move, this was genuinely one giant master plan utilizing Stokely Hathaway and all these very disenfranchised folks. Of which the only one I couldn't put in was Ethan Page until Sidwick reminded me of a scene that made this work. On a rampage, out of nowhere, after
3: burying AEW on social media, much mm-hmm. like a certain Maxwell Jacob Friedman, um, he mouthed, I hate this place, as he defeated someone wasn't seen since, and because so much happens, I think a lot of people forgot about it. His attitude and his loathing towards AEW, not that I necessarily think this is great, although I will let it play out because it's one of my least favourite things in wrestling, is, ah... Oh, That's how he's linked to MGF. Mm -hmm. They are both hating their lives. Why don't we hate our lives together and try and improve them by making more money and winning more matches and being in a stable, which allows us to do that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. (laughs) What if someone won? (laughs) What if someone... It's huge, huge, this. What if someone won in the first five minutes, right?
2: Which they could have done because it was Roosh and Andrade together.
4: That's the thing. Even without that specific glaring, perfect... It needs to happen this one day, by the way. A joker needs to be sitting there like... Thumb up his ass being like Do that like, ah! do a comedy a comedy joker yeah, right to establish this, like who would
3: pull it off like an avalon? Like, oh I missed my big spot, but I'm a dickhead, so I kinda yeah. deserve it. What if someone won? Right. And the answer the only answer to that question is, Well, no one wins a ladder match in twenty minutes. And my response to that would be because it's fake. It's fake. It's fake. The fact that Oh, it's just you know, no one wins it. Because it's Booked That way because it's fake and you're reminding me how fake it is throughout every single casino ladder match. And this is the most glaring one yet. Not only because of the nature of the victory and the twist, but because Rush and Andrade, right, knowing that they had at least a minute or two to spare before the next guy came in with a stupid, illogical interval gimmick. It's like, right, okay, we've kind of got a clear run at the way we need to win this match to win a title of which this entire promotion is about. We you know what we should do. We should set up two separate suspended ladders, right? And then just do that. I understand that they're in a feud, right, with Phoenix, mm-hmm. who started the match, I believe. Yeah. So yes, the idea. So confused is, at the start because I forgot about the fact that people come in. I was like, why is the bell rung? Exactly. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So the idea is they are they hate Phoenix so much that they kind of want to kill him first before getting on with the order of business. But it just went on for so long. It's like. You're rooted to what all of this is about. Who cares about your grudges in this moment? The roots to everything that you do this for. You train every day. You commit horrible atrocities to your own <laughs> body. And the money and the fame and the success and the status, it's just up there. Climb the fucking ladder, you dickhead. So it's all completely fake. And even if they don't do that, MGF and his master plan falls apart when he waits to be the Joker because... When he makes his his call to Tony Khan, as is revealed later in the night, why wouldn't MGF say, oh, well, that's a bit of a risk, actually. You're bending over backwards to get me back. You're paying me what is implied to be an obscene amount of money that you're bleeping out because it will make the boys feel resentful Mm -hmm. because you're getting paid this much. Great detail. This, this, this much, right? MGF, if this was real and they'd thought about it, would have said, I'm not going in the ladder match. I've got a master plan to not actually do a bump in it, but it could be one in five minutes. It can't be one in five minutes because it's fake. The action, honestly, I resented it because I, I'm so bored with the concept. I'm sick of pointing it out. Felt bad for Claudio
4: when he was
2: pissing about with that Dante spot. Yeah. Not bad
4: for you to take a bump in such a meaningless festival. Yeah, it like looked that. horrible. Was it was a whole night of work. It was like, oh, I'm at what am I gonna do tonight then? You're gonna enter, you can do that. That's a lot. It was like that like, Finn Balor bump, remember, yeah. when he went, boom and it looked amazing. And at least that
3: match makes sense. Mm-hmm. This match makes no sense. I hate it. And honestly, I thought the presentation was a little bit so theatrical. I was already in a bad mood because of, oh, this is what you're doing, and it makes no sense because the match could have been won in five minutes. And I didn't know it was MGF yet. And then when I got it, and I thought, oh, MGF's kind of well above this, like well above this. He um, shot
2: it down on the preview because he said for the, all the reasons he's just laid out why it shouldn't have happened the way it did. That's why it won't happen. Like People yeah. were like, oh, we, we called it. And I was like, no, we didn't. We didn't call it. I said, could it be MJF? And he went, be the, um, why would you be the Joker? In a, a match type options? that he
3: hates when he said he doesn't like getting dumped on his head. Why would he not think through? And It's just the MJF character didn't have to think through this finer detail because the finer detail doesn't exist because they're not thoughtful or attentive enough. And they are happy for you to think it's really fake. And I hate that so much. And Destroyer on a Ladder, great. That name, Martin Springborden, Excellent. Who cares? Who cares? It's the ultimate example of the worst bad faith argument. Heartbreaking. The worst person you know makes a great point. This match is absolutely stupid. I hate it. And it drove the biggest angle of the year that didn't. no one cared about five minutes
4: later. This is case by case, but this case is a case of it. Breaking your own rules. And like sort of breaking the kind of the accepted, sometimes unwritten rules of a, of a situation. Like sometimes in wrestling you absolutely do it because the transgression is the dramatic bit, right? AEW is a stable-driven organization. That's something I think we're all great for. Even when sometimes it gets really confusing keeping up with all the stables. Like <laughs> it's, fanta- it's always been a fantastic bedrock of one of the things that makes this promotion great, right? So what we know about almost every AEW wrestler is that they've got friends. Like, it was once a detail that Wardlow needed them. Like, there's always people that can help you out. And we always say when the babyface doesn't have his friends coming out, that's not a good look on them. Like, so, and they think about that, right? You've just had a ladder match, and When the Joker comes out, right? Like, five people have just decked everybody else. Like, so what? So if somebody doesn't do that in this next one of these, they're the idiot. Like, again, this is like a, that's a rule. Even in WWE, right? Brock did it once and we all were like, well, you know what? The only person you can do that with is Brock. The only person that can march out and just completely take the piss is him because w- that's his whole yes. demeanor. Like, even in a money in the bank ladder match sort of thing, one guy can't be like, hey, I got like 20 friends and they're all going to beat you up and they just do it. You know, like there's sort of, these are case by case things and this is absolutely not the match where you can do that mm. because this now needs to happen, what MJF did, worked. So this needs to happen in every single casino match going forward. And it shouldn't have. Well, no, it's I like, know, I know. It's just all wrong. It's all a mess. I got, I got five mates and you haven't. So like, <laughs> and like two of them are in the Blackpool Cup. Where's, where's the like, Blackpool Cup? Hang like, got a second. Like these absolute, The Gun Club are not having Neuter and Claudio's life. We'll fix this. Mm. It's like, there's a lot of problems with this. And they're not... It's not even like people will think we're pedantic ourselves anyway. It's not like we're being pedantic ourselves and peeling back stuff to find problems. There's a lot of, like, out-front issues, I think, mm. which I think is why we're quite passionately, like, against it.
2: What did you make, or two-part question, number one, what did you make of, pleased to meet you, hope you get my name. Uh, by <laughs> by I love Bob Dylan,
4: by you Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan.
2: That's why I got him earlier with that. We were chatting about it basically being a, an interesting choice to pick the stones. And I the hated it, for the
4: and day. then he came over and did that, and I was like, it's you. over now, he's, he's decided to do it. He's decided, um, and did you know it was MJF? uh yeah i was but, like 80 percent it was MJF. But i was gonna say but uh, me too i'm not a bit gonna, taller we were we were on the stream in murray and like so there was a camera pointing out so it's like yeah we think it's mjf but the fact it's not you like you've you got too much pride to commit and be like well, it's definitely mjf because then if it's like, <laughs> yeah scorpio sky takes the mask off it's like you're the asshole so i wouldn't like have committed all the way but like fair like the the rolling stones thing that was the tell because it's like well the devil the money, well, not even the devil element, but, like, the money being spent on the theme. I'm not thinking yeah, of the Fabe, no. I'm thinking of the reality is, like, no, yeah. you're not going to spend that much money for nothing. So that was the biggest tell to me that it had to be somebody of significance, if not MJF. I'm not actually a Rolling Stones guy, so I kind of thought that, like... And that intro, like, Nicholas made this point, so I'm not going to steal this take off him, but, like, it's A-level media studies stuff to be out. We're going to tell you that a guy's a devil. How are you going to do it? Simply say, devil? Like, that's just... yeah, go on.
3: I inferred from the fact that they, at the end of the show, just skipping ahead somewhat, I don't care about the show anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that they did the reveal of MJF's actual music That's just a one-off because they're not paying for that in perpetuity. They're just not. Oh, gonna, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. What a crap. Why then did they not save it till the end? They should have saved it until the absolute end. If The penny that dropped, because maybe... They could have had... That looks look like a devil mask. Could it yeah, just yeah, be? Yeah. Could it just be? But as Hamlet says, the fact that they paid sympathy for the devils, all right, okay, it was obviously MGF because mm. paying out the ass for that money.
4: Uh, but it's just a better reveal as well.
3: Yeah. The
4: scarf I, thing was nice, wasn't it? That uh, was a nice scarf. Was yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
3: that was a little too good, but <laughs> no one cares.
2: <laughs> uh, speaking of skipping forward, uh, the Elite won the trios titles. Then we got Jake... Shut Konger. up, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I knew you were looking forward to talking about this. Uh, what a sensational uh, final. Uh, for the world AW World Trios Championships, it was, of course, uh, Hangman Page and Alex Reynolds and John Silver of the Dark Order versus the Elite Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Kenny Omega is all the way back, baby.
3: Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, I like the chaos, right? I like the gossip, I like it being interesting. Don't like the idea that Omega or Punk might walk, and we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I'd, Deep down, I just want to talk about attire. Kenny Omega, right? You know what I'm going to say, right? But it's fine because I know for a fact, and I enjoy the fact, that Kenny Omega and the Elite really do play with a heightened style of storytelling. I know they put loads of texture to it, loads of art and depth into it, but it's very heightened. It's nothing like the way that Kingston punk or Mox would tell a story. It's very melodramatic, very heightened, and I'm absolutely okay with that. So it is, if you are a dick about it, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little bit ridiculous that Kenny Omega has told the story of a nine-month, arduous, gruelling, hellish recovery, and condensed it after he's recovered into three weeks. It's a <laughs> bit, you know, but he's done it. He's done a heightened thing so well yeah. that he know he, he outwardly says, "I'm inspired by anime and loads of different other forms," not necessarily in a
4: quote unquote believable wrestling context. Triple H was dropped 50 foot from a car and returned two weeks later on Raw without a scratch on it. Yes. Like wrestling has been way more egregious than Kenny Omega returning to full fitness. Yeah. And like nobody will ever mention that because you can pick on this detail. Yeah. But it's been so much worse so many more times. So I just want to get that out the way. But the way he
3: did something that was a little bit... That's actually, if you think about it, quite hard to believe. He still did it so phenomenally well that I can't begrudge him. But he did the work... From the day, he kind of went into... um, What's the word I'm looking for here? Not exile.
2: Hibernation.
3: Hiatus. Yes. A complete recluse. Um, (laughs) So he kind of got reclusive. And then, because he's a brain genius at this, right? Oh, my God. His entrance as well. He is Kevin Nash's new favorite wrestler. He just pops me every single time. He's the funniest best guy in the world. I love that guy so goddamn much. So, right. He spends nine months. And he... No news is bad news. So like, oh, you, know, you can't make February, actually. I don't think there was a goddamn chance of that.
4: He just wanted to really sort of drive the anxiety. He looked 400 in those uh, PWI wrestler of the year. like, yeah. you don't want to look like the wrestler of the year. <laughs> <laughs> look like the wrestler of the year,
3: 982. <laughs> Doesn't want to say much, right? And, oh. Can't be going well. Oh, it's fine, guys. He's going to be back in about six months. That's a set timeline just to make you happy that Omega's come back. He wanted the opposite. He wanted you to think he was irreparably broken, and then he did the press. And I'm not saying he's—he's—he's he's he's a wrestler. He's going to exaggerate, but the idea was, yeah, yeah. I'm having to adjust the way my body moves, and you know, I might not be the same, but I want to come back and all the rest of it. Hernia, torn labrum, knee, neck, vertigo. The guy feels like he's broken. He really wants you to think he's broken. And because we saw the posture, the lack of snap, even though he's still a brain genius at the layout of his matches, he could tell he wasn't the guy he was in 2018. So he comes back knowing that this is connected. People are thinking, oh, is, is he thrashed? Is he broken? He's been saying all this in the media. Um, he's been saying that like a month before. I, I'm fairly certain it was a month. If i get got one more setback in rehab, I'm done. Yeah. And he comes out looking like this. Like He knows exactly what he's doing. It's the first match, compression shirt. As Hamlet pointed out, he is a very exaggerated storyteller. Um, He can do subtlety, but he's exaggerated as well. He was, like, clutching at his stomach and his knee. It's, like, he's selling maybe a little bit too, obviously, if anything. But there's two sides to the Omega, and he was actually labored in his movements in a bit. The height's not quite there, but maybe it's cardio. And he wrestles like it's bloody 2019. And he just looks incredible, and he... Doesn't tan on purpose to not look like the start, to look more broken. The bandages, that was maybe a little bit on the nose. The the cupping marks. I don't think you needed to be cupped. It was a second match back. But the idea that you think, oh, if he's still if he's still doing this, but he's pseudo stuff and he's yeah. cupping, he might actually be knackered. And he comes out, the physique
5: Oh my god.
3: Well the word physique. Especially when someone's earned it and he looks like Dominion twenty eighteen early, except more jacked. Mm-hmm. The gear. Oh
5: my god!
3: It's his best opera, uh, airbrush yet. Mm-hmm. He's jeweled the goddamn kick pads. He looks like a million dollars.
5: Oh my god!
3: And this is the culmination of Nyman's work because he's the snap, the dynamo, the dynamism, the zip, the pace, the way he. Oh
5: my god!
3: The sequence with Hangman Page when Hangman Page goes to run the ropes and Page goes. No, Omega uh, goes, no, I'm just going to jump halfway across the ring and back elbowing you in the face, and the crowd went absolutely wild. An incredible storyteller, a euphoric moment that he's earned through nine months of genuine rehab and storytelling in thoughtful detail and manipulation. And the match itself was an absolute masterpiece. The storytelling elements.
5: Oh, my God.
3: You had, consider February 2020. This is elite law nerddom, and I will try and... Goddamn hell up! <laughs> busy afternoon ahead. Uh, consider February 2020. Haman Page is drinking a lot. He's feeling very defensive, but he's also kind of latching on to the fact that he's getting over. He's kind of all over the place, very emotional, high, strung. He's uh, kind of booting off in his matches and spilling drinks on SCU. And Kenny Omega has to tell SCU, "Look, we're mates. We're wrestling of a gentleman's contest and a good competition." And Page is all over the place, and he's, you know, doing these impulsive behaviors. Two years later, or two and a half years later, that's a thread in this goddamn match, right? The idea is that Haman Page is the fully restored babyface now, and it's Kenny Omega who needs to be reminded that we can only be whole again when we're all the good guys. It's a nice, beautiful coming-of-age story. I love it. People don't, I do. They told it phenomenally well here. So the Dark Order like, oh, gonna kick their ass, Matt Jackson's back, um, Omega's labrum, target, 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 and Paige, no, I'm the restored good yep. guy, don't do it, and I get, I was wrestling about hurting people, yes, but the idea is, if it's meant to be a big heel transgression, like for powerhouse, Hobbs going for the broken neck, it's like, come on, not, you, you want to beat them up, but you don't want to really badly, like, endanger their health or their careers, so it's okay for the babyface to do it in this context for me, so that's one thing, and then, oh my god, Instead of like a swing and back and forth and momentum, it's a vibration. I am absolutely electrified. It's all about feelings. Mind blown. They do the leg clutch spot as well, just to prove where each character is at this point in their their development, in their arc. And the actual action here, underneath all of those storytelling elements, which were nine months in the making, I want to add. It's absolutely incredible. Like the near falls. I bought two of them as the greatest near falls of all time. Just yeah. absolutely, and that's the beauty of the trios match, and they've absolutely nailed out of it. A super kick counter to Hangman Page's thing, mm. uh, where he jumps off the ropes and does the the double axe handle. Absolutely incredible. The trio's spots throughout were just so blistering and exhilarating that I was just completely on the hook for all of this. Just the idea that you were a nanosecond away. You know that bit where sometimes in the fall, is so good that the um, the crowd thinks that the refs actually botched the count, mm. but they've botched their chant. It's the as a the reality. They found the nanosecond before that uh, that was too good a near fall actually, and I don't. They're just geniuses at this. I
4: absolutely adored it. Kenny Omega's physique.
5: Oh, my God.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, obviously, I don't have a, a great deal to add to that. It's sort of, like, perfectly encapsulating what most people thought as well. I wasn't really, haven't seen any dissenting voices. suggest this wasn't just a kind of a masterpiece of the yeah. genre. Now, I think that was quite necessary. I've been too enamored with this trios tournament, or indeed trios wrestling in the way that a lot of people have. I think there is some good, I think there is some fantastic, and I think there is some bang average. Um, and that leads me to the Dark Order and praising the elite. Because the handling of the Dark Order, for a variety of reasons, one elephant in the room that, of course, is going to cause all sorts of other problems, but for a variety of reasons, the Dark Order have cooled so substantially that I think it is a credit to the Elite, and they get grief for the melodrama from me as well, but like they get grief for a lot of corners from this, that the Elite is a strong enough story, because that's all it is, the Elite is one giant story from pre AW to whatever's gonna happen in the future to whatever in WWE. Yeah, hi maybe to whatever like <laughs> to what, to a little bit if they ever want to use it and sort of like sort of retroact like retrofit it to whatever Cody's doing now. You know this is how they operate, isn't it? Kenny, New Japan, all that. Um that is powerful enough to elevate a, a busted flush in the dark order by putting Hangman page with them and putting them in this match. Like that I'm not like negging Silver and Reynolds as wrestlers here, but in terms of key players they were anything but. Yeah. You know, they were the entire Dark Order tournament journey was a bit part story to get Hangman Page in the match. So they could have easily just felt like passengers while the elite play happens in front of us. And it was anything but that. You said in the office this morning, Wilborn, you were popping for the possible, I think it was the John Silver. Is the, I, I was, pin over Kenny Omega.
2: You all knew the elite were going to leave as Trio's champions. And then I can't remember what the, the sequence was because it was. One
3: winged angel into the small package. That, that was
2: like, it. Like, And I went, as I said, we talked about this previously, but actually all three of us talked about it before. I went in the space of the referee going one, two, two.
4: I went, oh, cool. I guess the elite aren't going to be the inaugural 3S yes.
2: champions. Work.
4: Because wrestling's obviously this collaborative thing. Like, and the elite aren't guilty of this. But sometimes there are wrestlers so good... Shawn Michaels in 1995 would be an example of this. Despised by the locker room. But if your name's against Shawn, you're going to have one of the best matches of your career. And you know that. And it's like, well, I'm stuck with him. Aren't I because he's an absolute genius at this. The elite will get the, that kind of criticism because they get, like, people that don't like them will just think they're up their own arse, doing their own thing. But they've actively, at least for one match and maybe only on one night, elevated those two along with them. They yeah. no part felt like passengers in this thing that you were watching. And that, to me is like an overarching credit to the match as well. Like, I thought this was an excellent trios match, and what Kenny and uh, the Young Bucks have done, and again, I don't think they mind having these broader shoulders, is they've now, as champions, they've set the standard of expectation for this division, as the Young Bucks once did with the uh, the tag division, before they were like, oh, gone off to one, have you? Like, luckily, we'll get to that. Other people have got it, and it's going to be absolutely fine. Yeah. But, like, now there's the standard set, and we as fans just get to enjoy seeing if they can uphold that, because this is the perfect start.
3: Match of the night for you. Match. It was my match of the year. I, I was, really? It's the most dramatic match of the year. Just, it's one of my preferred brands of wrestling. My favorite wrestler in it. But it was a most dramatic match of the year. And Kenny Omega got the loudest reaction in Chicago. How you doing, Phil?
5: <laughs> <laughs> that sequence
3: with Paige,
4: yeah. ho- the hottest of the night. Well, well fantastic. maybe maybe the acclaim. I just love the finish
2: as well. Just been so desperate to take his head off. You take your mate's head off. And like
4: That's it. We haven't even needed to stop and talk about how fantastic that finish was because at this point they've managed to stretch that story out that it really is for everybody and straight away everybody's looking at that going ah, ah, here we go. You know, like all of these Omega Page things now the meeting and like when they first came in the middle and the tees when they nearly fought earlier in the match that's money. Like they've created money forever. The legacy like, stuff between them two is sublime. How did Kenny Omega win? Because he quite literally needs Hangman Page. And Just lush, man. To get back to, um, but like, I think a little bit the positive side of the chaos. Um, well, imagine when Paige and Omega are going to team up again.
5: Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my
4: God. <laughs> like, uh, I, I've said it before. I want, like... In WWE. No, no, no. I want I Kenny to, like, wear the trunks with Paige. Like, Paige went to the long boys for Kenny, and I want them to, like, both wear Paige's trunks because Kenny looks awesome in black trunks. Um, the Spice which has caused enormous problems I acknowledge sometimes pretty great because Sidgwick isn't the first person to uh, kind of like tacitly neg Phil Brooks about like reactions to Chicago Kenny that itself dropping air forms along the way getting the camera to come back so we could gloat like as a bit of a as a Shawn Michaels follow that mother as like yeah. after the fact so like he even knew it was like Max Caster did. I th- I, th- I think yeah, I think we uh, we need to be so elite that everybody else remembers where the hell they work. No bad th- no bad thing. Like there is a certain element of ego and competitiveness that benefits wrestling just then it crosses the line and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> More on that later.
0: <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now we all carry around different stresses. They can be. Right, let's talk next about the uh, TBS Championships. Jay Cargill defending against Athena. You enjoyed this.
4: Yes, I think they're nearly nearly nailed it, right? So Athena hits the O-face from the off, and we know that that's her kill shot, and that, we all believe, I think, is one of the things that can stop Jade Cargill, and at this point you're reaching this point in this uh, streak where, and this is a tricky thing to book undefeated streaks, because you start to reach the point where the matches become too predictable, that nothing in them is particularly hot or dramatic, and this was the way to do it. Athena nearly gets it done, and then when she is obviously impacted by the baddies, and by the way, like Leila Gray taking that bump to sell how Pissed off Athena was into the barricade it was unbelievable, but after that I thought the match had a certain um, I don't know it was like a bit more of a zip to it than what it would have had otherwise. I like Athena and I've wanted better for her. It's AEW's fault, by the way, the booking of Athena from night one to now. This feels like it's gone on. Nice to see let's a wrestling. Say, let's say it's Tony Khan's fault. It's well, it's gone on three months too long from how hot she was coming in. How long they sat on this before they got to the match to mm-hmm. the point where at this point Jade Cargill's beat her in a tag, kind of already felt like she had a number. Yeah. So I thought they came up with a pretty cool way to like bring the heat back. Only problem was then they kind of tacked another four or five minutes on to something that probably should have been like Athena, should have in my opinion, should have dealt with the interference. And we've seen it, we've seen that that finisher is so cool that she could have had a Cargill beat. She goes for it again, Cargill's recovered and just finishes a Goldbergs, her. yeah, like I, and i like because I was. Like, me and Murray were watching, we were just hyped. It's like, wow, I didn't see this coming as a way to start. And instead, they tried to have the match as well. And I think that was... Noble, but I think it was... uh, That bit was the unnecessary bit. Second best Jade... Third best Jade match after
3: the debut and the Anna J one from Rampage earlier this year, which was a triumph that they ran
4: back on pay-per-view. It was not see what that venue was, sir. we say like, the Miracle on 34th. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that is, like, what a miraculous piece of business. Absolutely incredible. Like, this match was... Really good by Jade
3: standards. They completely trimmed that really awkward, gristly fat where it's like, oh, they're getting lost and uh it's not that good. And some of the work's clunky. And they, why would
4: she control when she can beat people so easily? Yeah. Yeah.
3: And she's not very good at controlling as well. <laughs> so there's none of that gristle. It was dynamic. It was compact. It was over as well. But I just watched it going. I just know for a fact Athena is losing because if they thought she was anything worth booking, they would have booked her on TV. Yeah. Should not have signed her. Uh, Then we got another six man. It was... uh, Because he has no use for her. Not because she isn't very talented. Oh, absolutely.
2: Then we got Jay Lethal and... Great to see the Motor City Machine machine Guns back in a ring. Uh, Chris Sabin, and Alex Shelley versus Wardlow and FTR.
3: Like, uh, I had... No pressure following that other six man, by
2: the way. (laughs)
4: Yeah, you know, maybe the Young Bucks are better
3: than FTR, then, aren't they?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I love how now, as well. By the way, it's like uh, uh, friends with him, are you? You <laughs> too, <laughs> <D2>, right there. <laughs> I'm
3: going to put CM Punk over so big <laughs> in this main
4: event review. They got like Road Warrior pops and meaningless six man on the paper. And it's like these guys, friends with that asshole. You're an air, S.O. too. <laughs> yeah, well, did, did they keep the heat? <laughs> <laughs> did they? Hey, I don't
3: think This mess didn't work. This <laughs> mess, mess didn't work. work. I was thinking right. I uh, two things on this. I wasn't thinking, this is awesome, when I was watching it. I was thinking, this should be done on a Wednesday with just the tag teams. And can we do that, please? Because I would really be asked for what's going on right now. It just, I say it every single time. One of these days, people, recognize me as a visionary. <laughs> it, there is always at least one match. I actually got this one really wrong. There's always at least one match in a card like this, irrespective of how over the people are, how talented the people are, that they just think, I can't be asked for this. I'm going to save my energy for elsewhere in the night. I actually thought it would be the Acclaimed versus Swerve and our glory. I was completely and utterly wrong. It was this match. Um, it was kind of just there as a result, even though the work was great because the crowd just weren't that bothered because it had no stakes and it scanned and was an obligation a political obligation to get FTR on the card because Dax Horwood's a miserable bastard who would moan on Twitter, and he's an excellent wrestler who deserves it. But the problem, Tony Khan, is that you've got about 400 wrestlers who really deserve the paper per yeah. spot. Do something about this that isn't firing people. You know what you should do? Go back in time and don't sign Jay Lethal, Tony Nese, uh, W Morrissey, even it's though no I'll let, we'll let that play out, some more goddamn joke. Oh, Ring yeah. of Honor that that isn't
4: over. This Ring thing of isn't, Honor. Them, isn't over. I forgot about that completely until you said. That. I want to mention runs it at the end. Juice is wet. Like <this. Wow. laughs> the take is four and a half
3: stars on another Wednesday night. Three and a quarter here because oh, who the hell
4: cares? You know when um, like WWE and we've. EW have done it a little bit lately. And we always call them out. So the it. work was great, but who it cares? was, it was, and like I thought, the guns kind of got lost in the, the follow up discussion as well. Like if they're going to stick around, like they we every said it anyway, they're like, for, like they're great at playing heels. They're awesome cocky heels, and they were trying to be like 2007 arseholes, but they're a beloved act at yeah. this point, getting the stage that they've long deserved. That's a really hard sell as heels, especially when the works dynamic as well. So it's a really tricky sell. FTR having to cut them down to size, doing their heels like stick. Stuff effectively. I'm not saying that in a bad way. Mm. Like they're a great, they're class cut off merchants as baby faces with the giant in the corner. There were so many things working against this match, not least the fact that. When WWE very occasionally has one or two cool matches that you want to see and then on the Raw before that pay-per-view puts them together, you don't care about that tag match because you're there for the singles matches that are going to take place on the Sunday. We've all said Wardlow versus Saturn singer be a laugh. FTR versus Motor City Machine Guns is a dream tag match and instead you get this complete mulch amalgamation where you get none of any of what you want. It was so, like all of these were doomed to failure Um Wardlow is less recovered than I thought because I was starting to, my hopes were getting higher because the pops were getting louder that like, actually, that initial post-MJF worry has dissipated. Like, I'm not convinced. I think a hotter character stands in this match and you go, like the whole arena collectively goes, right, he needs to be lifted out as soon as possible and then... Bailey, Clash at the Castle, for yeah. example. Sometimes somebody, the power of them being so over is like yeah. time to lift them from this situation. I wasn't sensing that with Wardlow. You know what's the problem with Wardlow? And it, again, it's yet another macro assessment of this ridiculous
3: roster that Tony Khan has impulsively gathered together. Is that it is so big and it is loaded with so many talents that I don't want to say wrestling fans are fickle. They are and they aren't. I know that's a cop-out answer. I am. <laughs> but like they are at some points then you look at how John Moxley's retained all of that support and it's like yeah. maybe he's just a level above it what I'm trying to get at is that it's quite easy when because he's greedy and because he hires too many people even on a cameo basis there are too many like ooh that's a lovely alternative option elsewhere on this card oh, I'm a bit bored of him now it's his it, it, it's greed it's pure greed and he's cut off his own nose despite his face yeah the second that Wardlow has like Two weeks where it's like, oh, it's not great this. And Kinosuke Takeshita has three bangers yeah, on four episodes yeah. of TV. You think he should be a TNT champion. And then you think less of Wardlow. And it's like it is
4: a toy shop for a kid. Yeah. And we're living in it.
2: That's for Dax Harwood's daughter, though, wasn't it?
4: That was awesome. That was really sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that we should be labouring more on that because that is like the kind of like sweet thing that AW used to do loads of. And you're like, oh cool. So the good wrestling company with the awesome booking is also nice. Like, it's, and like, this crisis, yes. co- crisis company needs nice right now, doesn't it? This was just
2: nice. Also, I can imagine, because I, I do quite like how much of a twat Satnam Singh is in, in character. <laughs> Him turning up and goes, look at this, boys. a T-shirt printed, And they're like, it's a bit much in it, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's fight like I your year old brat. <laughs> well, it's not that funny. <laughs> 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 and then the complete circle
4: of her coming out and just going. <laughs>
2: that's on that. Snap your pencil. I don't know, just entertained me, that did.
4: <laughs> I love that idea, it's not funny. <laughs> yeah. like, I know for a fact that like I said a lot in the Sanjay Dutt, Lethal Universe. Yeah, it's not funny. Not,
2: um, not, not that entertaining. Rather surprising result came next. We thought this was going to be vindication for Ricky Starks, and no, he was just wrecked by Powerhouse Hobbs, who uh, looked terrifying here.
4: So this was one of two kind of nearly identical things, albeit playing out in different ways in terms of the big... Like the big heel getting the win over the big baby face in something of a blood feud. But then don't put two on the same pay-per-view and then don't create the, yeah, same, the, by the same thing. twice. yeah. Like I'll complain about a knee injury being worked in back to back matches. Yeah, so I'll yeah. certainly complain about this over the course of one pay-per-view. Like a failure of the booking, a failure of the card prep, like sort of the putting together of the card. Um, not least because this was the better of th- this was the better of the two. Uh, from an in-ring point of view, because at least you had like five minutes of work from two young studs that you want to see make it to the next level. I bought in wholesale to Ricky Starks. <laughs> <laughs> to Ricky Starks. You know a little ass uh, little <laughs> uh, Like still carrying the injury and then losing in the way he did. Like, I like, so here's another problem that I've only just thought of as much as I like this in the moment. They were trying to present Powerhouse Hobbs getting a flash win over Ricky Starks, when they put the world title on the line in a flash win with the two biggest stars in the old company two weeks earlier. No wonder it felt diluted by comparison. But one positive because I'm conscious that like people will feel sad if they really love this show and they're just hearing a lot of, I believed, reason complaints. I think they've at the very least got the spine buster over suppose, oh my. as his new thing. Yeah. It's always worth, if a wrestler comes away with a brand new thing they didn't have before, class. And that was definitely an achievement for him. I think it speaks volumes
2: that me and Andy were chatting on the news today and one of the Twitter questions was like, what's next for Moxley? And if we just assume that everyone's still employed by Wednesday, he, he's not around the title picture or whatever. I think he should and be and the I, only
4: one around the title picture forever. Yes. Yeah.
2: But if we're saying that that's, you know, somehow still running, check out the other podcast. What culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. Imminently. Yeah he, he, yeah, he went who do you reckon Moxie should face next? And I just went Powerhouse. Because he's like, that's how much, he, how terrifying I thought he came across here. of Just like, bloody hell, he's a killer. Like, that, I break backs or whatever he's got in his tron. 100%. I mean, I already believed it before, but I definitely believe it now.
3: Absolutely. I just would have loved this if it was the TV angle building to the match. yeah Like, it would have been like, well, I'm desperate for Ricky Starks to come back from this because how the fuck can he... <laughs> 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 the bit where... I screenshotted it from a star ratings article where they, they use that ring post camera angle and Starks is draped across it and like looks like he's got his looks like he's punched his lungs. <laughs> not not just his ribs, his lungs because that's how far it seems to go in and how much it thuds. And like Powerhouse Hobbs has got his face like ah.
2: It's like, oh my god, <laughs> a very,
3: you're a very scary man.
2: When, when they turned him
3: heel, we expect to blow off on pay per view. That's what pay per views are for. Mm. So even once it was a bit, oh, that's a bit of a risk. Do that and do that and tell it. And uh, doing it twice was uh, no dice.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, every now and again, it just pops into my head about Powerhouse Hobbs.
4: Twice might be nice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We haven't had time for an NXT review <laughs> today. We got a we got <laughs> Tony in there somehow. Um, but every time I see Powerhouse Hobbs, like fuck uh, myself, like tough. killing I'm people, sorry. breaking people's spines, potentially ending people's careers. I do remember about the incredibly amazing, like traumatic story of his life. Mm. I'm like, how the, you got this guy over as the greatest heel ever when, yeah. he, anyway, but yeah. Um, interested to see where both, both characters go next. Now, Sidge. Uh, Full last, last week. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sidge, last
3: 2023. <laughs> so how long these bloody things go on half the time?
2: You and I sat here last week and I was in. A Tony
3: th- needs a talking to. And I think I'm the man at the whip. <laughs> You and I shared such a boy down.
2: <laughs> you and I sat here last week, and I was one hundred percent in agreement with you. So I'm going to take the L on this as well. And you and I went, "Yeah, it's a t- tag team title match." I mean, there's a trio championship such match. Such an, that's an the show, and blah, blah, blah. Such
3: a goddamn dumb And
2: then, and then, we were like, and you, you and I, you and I, well, you said, and I completely agreed again. You said, "Get this out there first thing. It's the first wrestling thing that people see after zero hour. Get it out of the way because people. But if this goes on." You know, halfway through this show, people are going to go, and get some popcorn or something. Claimed as
4: the NA, New Age Outlaws, Enzo and Cass successes. Perfect openers as well. There's the a yeah. logic to that. That's what they are. in. Well, they, that's what they were until Sunday. I underestimated them. Yeah,
2: my <laughs> yeah. word. I'm, I think we all did. Yeah. To, 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 to such an extent, I mean, the question I want to ask you about this match is should they have called an order? Yes.
3: But? Yes. Look, they're from New York. Arthur Ashe is probably the time to do it. And this, I think, is all but guaranteed to be. See, dickhead, you should have let it play out. Yeah. Let Best Friends versus Miro and Kipsabian play out for your goddamn months. <laughs>
4: <laughs> now that guy's talking to a box. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> What's the other guy doing? Oh, yeah. Death Triangle again.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though uh, you actually didn't do it for the last two goddamn years,
4: you told me you did. <gasps> What? what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I've seen shoot Christians get ants from God quicker than Miro. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs>
3: this match is an absolute classic. <laughs> uh, it, was. it was absolutely young, goddamn believable. And I loved it so much. It was so clever. It was so uh, loud. It was so just great. It was so emotionally torturous. Tell was telling Hamflat, like, some nerds who talk about this on Twitter all the goddamn time. Anthony Bowens, I was like. Oh,
4: fuck. It was it, such a, a good fake. What a pump,
3: tragedy. Oh, the what the a tragedy because you know his knees a bit bum. Yeah. He's got one of those knees as well where it's like that, th- that thing's a goddamn taking time bomb. <laughs> where it's like you can't th- help but think, Oh, at some point that's going to go again because it's always the injury that just knackers athletes like Tegan Knox. And mm. in a more happy example, Michael Owen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's always like a very bad injury and yeah. always seems to recur. So when you saw the poor guy at this moment, and what, a, what a time to do this bloody, these, these bones is great. What He's a, what a time to do this particular spot with that particular injury. I was thinking, oh, a poor guy, a poor guy. And I thought, oh, this is really ruining my enjoyment of the match because, well, they're going to have to call an audible. And wrap it up, and then Swerve Strickland drop-kicked him in the knee, Ooh. and I was like, "Oh my god!" No, wait a sec, wait a sec, <laughs> bloody
2: good quiz! <laughs> uh, right,
5: there you go.
3: Oh my god! He's like, "Oh, it's a work, and it's just an absolutely phenomenal work, and this is great." And then Lee and Strickland, their facial expressions are majestic. Look, they in the la- if they sl- if they laid this thing out right, you Dory Funk Juniors, you're Ric Flairs. Amateurs, because if this was like, oh, just call us on the fly because the crowd's getting a different reaction. Masterpiece, 10 stars. It wasn't. They knew that they were going to play situational heel because he acclaimed us all over. Even so, the way that they were looking at the crowd and realizing the extent of how much it was working, they went boom, reveling it. Strickland, I know, is an awesome heel. I know
4: this. Keith Lee, you piece of shit.
3: <laughs> because you were so.
4: Good. He yeah. had to be, like, teased into it, and then once he got into it, he got into it a bit too much, did he? Yeah, like, you're yeah, yeah. He your gr- lips, brother, it, was like initially that. it was
2: like groans, wasn't it? It's like, ah, oh, bloody hell, swimming on a on <laughs> These
4: things. bricks called me Lizzo ten minutes yeah. ago. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was...
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely phenomenal this match. And Max Caster, a bit too full charm with his raps, where you think, what got a guy you? Good guy? I don't know. I trust you. <laughs> you're thinking, right, okay, well... He's the weak link of this match, right? He's, you know, serviceable, very over. Sometimes that's more important. Mm -hmm. You're a passable, incredibly entertaining dude. That's so much better than being like 98% of NXT black and gold. How are you doing? (laughs) When he lifted up Keith Lee, I almost jumped on the ceiling because I was just popping daft. This is a masterpiece.
4: It reminded me of the first time Brock Lesnar F5, The Big Show. Something you... Brain just didn't allow you to think could be done, but like you think just being done. in but front But Caster of you. doing it though, Caster a smaller like a smaller yeah, guy yeah, like Matt yeah. Caster who had obviously, of course, a, like I mean, I suppose they all did in a manner of speaking, the, potentially the best match of their whole career. But like, I was trying to work out who this was the biggest breakout match for because it was a breakout for at least three and possibly four if you include Keith Lee, five if you include Billy Gunn. Yeah, Billy Gunn uh, having uh, a yeah. Billy Gunn having a pretty good night and being like, right, I got them when they were just the Outlaws, but we never had a match like this. <laughs> right, they're watching from ringside and he knew obviously. What he was witnessing as well. Yeah, this, I loved this. This was my match of the night. I I, I just earnestly love this more. I am, uh, what do we, how do we phrase it in late 2019? Oh, miserable, boring old bastard. When it comes to a lot of the AW tag team matches, because I am, and tag matches are the best environment for this, by the way, I'm just a sucker for limb work. Because, obviously, there is somebody that can actually help you. You can get by on, a, on like, one leg because there's somebody you can tag, but you've got to get the tag. That's why FTR matches work so well and always have done. That's why the Young are so underrated in that respect because in New Japan, they perfected this art of Matt's back and everything else that came with that. You know, like, the old stuff can be made brand new. And Matt's be, back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the old stuff can be made brand new and still be brilliant. And I don't like that some of that has been erased in a particular style of, like, all-hands tag wrestling. It's just like I'm, I can't make a loftier comparison than Brett the Hitman Heart. But Bowen's selling of a leg, Brett loved selling of a leg, and Bowen's selling that leg was as good as Brett's at point. Swer, that's my favorite ever Swerve Strickland match ever, ever, ever. Like just, um, but his facials were sublime. The way that with his eyes, he was talking Keith Lee into getting just as down and dirty as he was because there's a match to win here and we've got our belts to sort of don't. Now that I've not hit you with that chair to win these belts, don't now let me down by not keeping them. When we're in a position where we're at a big advantage because that's been at the root of this team to begin with so now i care more about the story that felt fake to begin with mm-hmm. so this match has helped that which is great going forward i have one tiny i'm not actually worried about the result like don't tend to like i'm not sort of as big on ratings or anything but i would go like the full five or the 10 out of 10 or whatever it is but i will say this aw needs to do a very un aw thing here and just make sure that they have absolutely captured the momentum of an act and not disappear the acclaim for six weeks. Yeah. This is absolutely rematch territory. This is absolutely two, three weeks while they're hot as boils, and then you put the titles on them because the word, like losses are great because then you rebound from that, and it's better than it was the first time. DIY against FTR being probably the prime example of recent times in tag wrestling specifically – um, they are right there. And this was this was magic. This was pro wrestling magic because the whole thing, like it's, we can all take the L and say we thought the match would just be this forgotten thing. But often these classics are supposed to come when you don't see them coming yeah. because you're supposed to be worked into it. Every near fall was bigger because we held this match in such like mm. scant regard going into it. It was bigger partly as a result of that. Mm. What a masterpiece this was. Like the art of the work this was.
2: And swerving Our Glory, a crap tag team tag team champions, the amount of times they hit each other in this match. Well this
4: it's they've never got away from the fact no. that really these are not built for this. No. It's just it's just sort of happening. Keith Lee doing the scissor in and then swerping like, come on, mate, like <laughs> we've just practically broke this guy's leg. Like even now they kind of you know, it's <laughs> it's, it's this great man. I've watched this twice already and I'm um, more we talk about that and can see myself watching it again S- a few other times.
2: Speaking of matches where arguably someone else maybe should have won, let's move on to the the four-way for the interim AW Women's World title. Tony Storm uh, emerged victorious. It wasn't quite the same in terms of people weren't grumpy or angry or furious about this. But I mean, I'm me and Sid are biased. We were saying Jamie Hayter from from the um, from day one, and arguably it was re- reflected in this match. Brick Baker and Hikaru Shida are obviously uh, also involved in it. What do you think of the four way?
4: Uh, I did like it. I'm not going to give AW Pelters this time for doing the thing where you're like, oh yeah, put the women's match on, on the hottest, after the hottest thing on the card because nobody would have forecast yeah, that would yeah. be the hottest yeah. thing on the card, you know? But as a result, it's always the women, like by bad luck in this case. But nonetheless, I thought, much like the tag matches that these like, combinations have had, they worked so hard and fought so stiff that this got over by force of will. The Tony something is interesting because I actually think she was the best winner here She would have like y- you could have made an argument for Shida as the baby face but she was so like glued onto this at the last minute because as Tony Storm said Thunder is injured okay so they needed somebody else in last minute her words uh, so her, her accent yep <laughs> <laughs> sorry we don't do Australian accents on this podcast so like <laughs> she's from New Zealand odd so, New Zealand <laughs> and actually she's just from Australia I can't remember. New Zealand <laughs> New Zealand, in. it's correct. Pop <laughs> 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 in a bit of jaywalk. Anyway, I thought this match like there were the these guys are clearly, ironically enough, considering not just the chaos in general but within the women's division, these clearly have a lot of trust to work as stiff as they are with each other, and that's fantastic. Like you want to see that done for the betterment of the product rather than just people like a loaded message Stiffen <laughs> each other unprofessionally. Yeah, exactly. Um, WWE. Every formula match where there's two heels in a four-way or a three-way, do that thing where like, hey, we've beaten up the big fish. Time to go for the cover. What? You're stopping me getting the cover? <laughs> and then all goes wrong. This is the logical way you book it. You save it to the last spot of the match. At no point was there even the tiniest bit of dissension until the last minute and a half when you get this. Not only the Brit Baker pulling out the ref, but her going for the cover on Hater. I thought it was so, not yeah. just like, she could have just gone but like, oh, hey, it's just there, right, fine. I'll go for the cover on Tony Storm, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But instead she went for the cover on Hater. I thought it was a really nice detail. They have finally, at the very least, like actually brought the characters back to where we all were six months ago, which is, uh, when are you going to... Uh, Get to the point with this thing we've been doing here for <laughs> all of our goddamn lives. Like so they've actually got to the point when it mattered the most when there was a title on the line. And I actually feel quite encouraged that Tony Storm will want to like all of them have, I know, but will really, really want to do her best by this division as a champion. Like she's she's finding another gear lately, I think, Tony Storm. I think she is like her graph is one going upwards since she started in AW. So I think these matches will stand up for themselves a little bit more with her as champion. I've changed my mind on the winner even though the
3: crowd were on my side if that makes any sense whatsoever Tony Storm has suffered like one you know that defeat that the new woman signee suffered, and it's like right give up on her because Mm. she was the challenger of the week she's only suffered one I think she's suffered another more she becomes Statlander Soho whatever I think it was paramount at this point to get a new star who's a great worker who the fans really like and strap her the fuck up Yes, fair. don't piss about especially when you've got in parallel, an actual blood feud involving a star who's really over and another star who the fans really want to be more over. If there was ever a time where I could say, I've got trust that this women's division is going to be at least something, still marginalised, still nowhere near what it could be, but actually something, it is actually now. Mm. Smash cut two, even though I love her, Tony Storm getting interrupted by Nyla Goddamn Rose on Wednesday. No. When she does this promo. I, I really like Nyla Rose, but yes. come on. then. it's not it. fault. Turn man. her face. Turn her face. Don't do her as heel Monster Challenger of the Week. Match quality, very briefly. I really liked the um, instant flash pinning attempts at the start. Then some moves happened in the general spot-festy order, and then they told the story. So it was fine. Completely lacking in heat, but as Hamflip correctly and fairly points out, I don't even think Tony Khan, there's absolute apathy towards women's wrestling, could um, be (laughs) buried for this. I have found myself. (laughs) Uh,
2: Let's talk Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry next. Uh, We'll spend long talking about how the match lasted. JR absolutely jacking it blind that Jack Perry's on the graph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finally made it happen. Um, Uh, I I did like... That, that Luchasaurus, like, that I think I can't remember who pointed it out on Sorry, Luchasaurus,
3: Do you, don't you mean? Oh, sorry,
2: yeah, where is, where is my manners? Not Luchasaurus,
4: this was. <laughs> 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 That's getting grimmer, that voice, <laughs> by the way.
2: <laughs> the physical element Yeah, I think the more the day see. I'd get sillier. Like, I, I, basically, if when people were wondering. <laughs>
3: They kill me be because I can't goddamn see you.
2: I uh I go sort of underneath the microphone and look over the top of my glasses and do the and do the dyad hands, yeah. Yeah, glee serious. Uh but I love this. Just jungle boy like, hey, hey buddy, where are you? <laughs> I'm in Brighton, you prick. And then the the I assume that did this I think Taz said something about it. the like burn marks it looked like on Jack Perry. Because out the
3: ass coming out of there, it's <laughs> hard as hell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: I mean, it would the suck. the only th- time
3: we can do that weird voice that we do, because it <laughs> does.
2: It would suck to get land onto those, like, metal grids anyway. Mm. But, yeah, <laughs> like it sucked. Like, Christian games like, thanks, buddy. And then just beat him in 20 seconds.
4: Massively in favor of... Uh, them doing this more often, as I say, it's a shame you had the Starks and Hobbs thing on the same show. Yeah. I like a pay per view having an angle instead of a match sometimes, and not least a really long one with a ton of matches. Like I like this how this played out. Christian comes out with that big th- arm thing, and you're like, "Ooh, where's this going to go?" And him doing the, like getting the slap, like off the family straight away, and then blowing the kiss with the pin. That's what this was. on the match, and I'm absolutely fine with it. I can foresee this being like the big steel cage finale when Christian's got nowhere to run and Luchasaurus can't help him. That's fine too. Um, you could absolutely pick holes in the journey that Luchasaurus has taken throughout this whole storyline, but that's kind of the problem with AW. You can pick holes in ton of this, tons of the stories now. Get, tighten things up across the board, and this is way better than I think some people are giving it credit for.
3: Uh, I will give it a pass because Christian Cage looks like he's suffering an injury. But my God, this thing's been going on since Double and Nothing 2021. Like, I can name. In my personal fandom anyway. Not like legacy feuds where people can wrestle each other in like 1992, and 1993, and then they can mm-hmm. run it back in 2003. There's an actual program, a start to finish story. Very little justifies going well over a calendar year. <laughs> and just blow it off. But if he's injured, he's injured. Yeah. Um, speaking of the future, it's already run out of juice must continue
2: Jericho Brian Danielson no, the floor is yeah, yours
3: I, I don't really want to talk about it I'm so good like he's already had the title match so why are they building towards it if they are building towards a Jericho Danielson rematch you vastly overestimated how good it was going to be and maybe it was fair to do so because Danielson's Danielson and Jericho's had a fantastic year regardless it always felt like I'll have that once in AEW even though it feels it feels like and in fact might actually be coming WWE program where it's like, oh, this is really good. Really great, actually, for WWE. And it'll go uh, to three pay-per-views, one of them have a finish. <laughs> and, uh, this is all... It feels like the WWE version. Yeah, yeah, it's it meant d- to be parodying sports entertainment.
2: Uh, Especially because, you, you know, you had the argument would be, well, he did have a finish. Well, he kicked him in the
3: bollocks, and then hit him with the Judas but It wasn't really a proper finish. Long, sorry, one more thing. Just long, boring, didn't really click. But because it's them two, there was little smatterings of brilliance. Yeah. Like... Treating a Chris Jericho chop, and he's lucky. Awesome at chops as Jericho, as if a bead of perspiration had appeared on his chest and went, ah, that's
4: it.
2: It was great, but yeah,
4: yeah what a, uh, boring. Yeah, I, like I have to agree. Jericho once kicked off. He had a right epi online when people like didn't give his like okay. King of the Ring 2002 opening with yes. Dan, five stars. He went ballistic, like 2002 internet was getting a kick in. Oh, I remember this, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, if he ever gets wind of this podcast and me saying a match with Brian Danielson was bang average after I saw him talking it up in his press conference with Tony Khan, like, we've just lost ourselves a listener. It doesn't matter, we'll still be number one above you, asshole. But, um, <laughs> like, there. Yeah, but yes. this, this was, like, yes, boy. here I come, a guy that's never taken a bump in my life that he's <laughs> going to think I'm just talking absolute bollocks. Sometimes I feel like I'm watching a match that is being wrestled for the wrestlers rather than for me. Like, and I'm, I'm watching they, the show. I'm watching the show for me, not for them. They themselves so. came out like, yeah, we call this one in the
3: ring. It's like, okay, maybe we should have thought about it. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> a, a lot. Danielson matches has no right to be this uh, bad. And uh, Chris Jericho in twenty
4: two, yeah, twenty twenty two match. Has no right to be this bad. Uh, Too long for the finish they were getting to. I don't actually have a problem with the low blow because I'm that invested in the Daniel Garcia story, and you have to yeah, have, have, to have something to along isn't? those lines. But like, shave eight minutes for it's that finish. A, yeah, like a raw match.
2: <laughs> <laughs> then we got another six man. Uh, it was the House of Black Malachi, Black Brody King, and Buddy Matthews versus the surreal team of uh, Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro. I'm
4: gonna do something I would never do on the pod on one of our podcasts. Thank God for Darby Allen. Like it just his his movement and obviously all the like the all the effort he puts into the bumps and just how physical he is, either on offense or when he's taking stuff off Brody King or whomever for that matter. Like, thank God for him here because and there's obviously potentially other factors at play. If Malachi Black is yeah. saying goodbye, then that's why they must have lifted out a huge chunk of the story of this match of Miro finally getting to him because that felt like it was barely anything to do with this. So we lost the, like we lost the meat of the Miro Malachi Black story for whatever reasons. If he is staying, Christ, why did you take it away? Because it felt like it was missing. If anything, you were kind of reliant on either Brody King and Darby Allen's afters or the generic Sting party match feeling, and it just wasn't a great Sting party match. I said the um, exact
3: same thing in the review. <laughs>
4: Darby Allen bumped his ass off to try and like make this feel like that, so he put his body out there for this to feel like what these have. We've gotten used to these feeling like. So I thought this was a pretty big swing and a miss, to be honest. Mm. Um, Swing and a miss by the end was stinging the old toxic juice. Didn't look Um, good, did it? No, you could, like, they tried to find the replay that made it look good, didn't look great, all that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, like, I don't even think, I think the easy take would be, well, there was this, like, five-star Classic Trios match on the undercard and this wasn't the night for them to have this match, right? I don't even think it was that. This should have been something different. This should have had a totally different flavor to it because you've had Miro in that room with all those candles for yonks and you've got, like, the House of Black being there. Like, even if Malachi Black's going, it's less than ideal that this group has lost because they lose all the time. So, like, the imagery and the symbolism and all that stuff isn't really working for them either. What What is working for them, even if he's on his way?
3: I don't know what's going on with Malachi Black. Probably reckless to speculate because it just feels mm, a bit like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, is his back completely mangled because he was barely in this and he spoke about his back issues before. Um, it's a shame because I locally thought it was one of my favourite things about the build and then kind of noticeably it dropped off as a concern in storylines ahead of this show. But I thought a lot of the work they'd done... What was it certain um, Pagans? Pagans. <laughs> right so the Miro stuff was great. The Derby, Brody King stuff was great. The sort of... The, the way that blocked the angles without any exposition was great. Then it just kind of dropped off and then this happened 12 minutes of oh, come on, Darby, do everyone a favour. It was like everyone was working hurt except Darby. It was yeah. just bizarre. You can't expect Sting. <laughs> Think of that. I know. <laughs> it's no, like, you'll be all right. <laughs> aren't you? Are you doing
2: over the weekend beforehand? Jumping over your own house? Okay,
3: yeah. fair enough. It's one of those where it's like, ah, oh, you know, you can't expect Sting to jump off a balcony and through a table every pay-per-view. It's like, well, can I? Because we created that expectation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if this is their way of saying we're not doing that all the time anymore, it's the right thing to do, but it's always going to feel a little bit like, ah, uh, hmm. What 63 year old dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> it's always gonna feel like that the first time, but maybe it's a good thing that they're gonna change the sting match going forward. Um but yeah. yeah it's now too this. I'm so because it's one of those things where you thought, right, long card, but this'll be the thing that wakes you up and it'll be amazing. And
2: it just it had worked in the past at the end, of yeah. the day, hasn't it? Yeah. This one that.
3: hadn't. Uh, main event time, Sige. Uh,
2: AEW World Championship on the line. John Moxley uh, defending against CM Punk, the hometown hero. Your thoughts on all this? Oh um,
3: my, yeah, it's great. It's an absolutely fantastic main event. Incredibly loud. And I, uh, yes, it's Punk in Chicago, but uh, half of the time, and really this is very early in AEW's run, I think they've corrected this somehow, some way. Half the time, The main event was like, right. It's got a four-star ceiling because the crowd's too exhausted. And now they've finally cracked it somehow. Um, So it's a big credit because after all of that time, to get this match this over was just sensational work. Uh, This is brilliant. CM Punk just doing genius stuff literally every single goddamn second of this match, if you watched it closely enough, and I did, twice. (laughs) Um, Just little bits where it's like his foot is killing him, but he's such a stubborn man, that he's going to flip Moxley off and he can't even stand on his foot to do it and just get slapped like a bitch into the corner because it's John Moxley. John Moxley literally drank his blood. It was outstanding. The first three minutes subverting the original were great. Helped enormously by like the best GTS I can remember in some time.
4: Yeah, that was great. Awesome. What an um, inspired idea for him to flop onto him. To effectively yes. sell the second one. I've never seen it, that yeah. before. And Moxley, it's almost like Moxley involuntarily lost this match. Yeah. Because what if he'd have fell and rolled out the ring? Yeah. It's like bad luck that put him back on Punk's shoulders. Yeah. That was great. The thread of defiance just sort of spiked
3: those bits where they were like and they were masters, they were languishing in the submission holds for a long time. But because they were flipping each other off and selling their asses off and it was just so well done.
5: Oh my god.
3: Not John Moxley. I don't think I could love him anymore, right? Not only does he do the best counter uh, that I could remember for like how many hours, right? But he deprives us of CM Punk's terrible elbow drop all at the same time. <laughs> Wonderful, thank you so much. I reckon he's like, I'm not taking that. Uh, <laughs> Punk, I've got this, Punk, I've got this really good spot. Yeah, yeah, I'm all well he is, you know. My locker room is open, guys. <laughs> Come into the locker room and, you know, nothing will happen, guys. Come into the locker room, it's always open. Yeah. T- tell me when I'm telling lies. He came to the locker room, didn't he? Nothing will happen.
4: Have you got any moves where you're... Literally, there were in are his
3: ...everywhere that I can capture.
4: I've got one, actually,
3: yeah. Um, so you know that elbow drop you do? Yeah, yeah, it's like Metro Man's. <laughs> um, uh, right, okay, well, wouldn't it be good for the, um, <coughs> for the Heat if um, I was to deprive the Chicago fans of how much they love you and everything you do? If I was to counter that one, he's like, yeah, it's like the Metro Man's. Uh, but... <laughs> But uh yeah, 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 it'll get over because they want to see it again. I'm not doing it again, mate. Yeah. I'm catching we'll
2: do, we'll do it later on in the match. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Do you think bit.
4: you'll be able to leave um, uh, trailing arm a and leg or not? You, do you think you, you think will be able to manage that? I think I can get there, John. <laughs> 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 we'll take the first out of Pug because
3: it's kind of easy when someone's a dick. Um, but my God, he was an absolute masterful genius that he is in this match. Yeah. Um, hence why he's the most compelling, best worst guy, worst, best guy of all time at this point, I yeah. think. Um, this match was absolutely incredible I loved it and uh, the gear
2: yeah I was going to ask about the gear I was wondering if that was coming I, I
4: hate the long boys they're great oh my god like, I felt like it was an instant top three the fact that they uh, put the Chicago Stars on the other leg in the Brett pattern was just stunning. The Bret
3: fa- Hart tribute.
4: What the fact that they were in white, so you knew they were gonna get stained in blood and they were so pristine white at the beginning and you knew they were just gonna be soaked and claret by the end was great. The nice little tidbit and like I can't believe I'm gonna say this, the nice little tidbit from the press conference that he's in Danhausen's boots because his own aren't like Like, shoot aren't fitting since the foot injury, and now that... What the hell's he done to his foot? I don't know, man. Well, that's probably one of the reasons why he needs the long boys, right? Because they must not be aesthetically right, so he's covering them up, so there's all the more reason for that. But you can have this headcanon thing about, like, in his core, he doesn't respect... Uh, John Moxley enough but then it's a, it was plain this idea we all had that he's such a suck up to this crowd at the moment because he needs them that he's draped in as much of the I honestly thought he was going to take off the t-shirt and have Brett's singlet in white I thought that was what the trouser tees were was, was going to be the whole <laughs> deal it was like anyone who tries that not named Bret Hart would look like an arsehole and it's yeah. so telling that no one's tried like I thought it was going to be like the please like anything and everything you can get that sort of thing and he, and he didn't but like that was it was enough by the long boys what I really loved about this match and in like I still think Ultimately, my gut faith I would like for me, I was correct with my gut feeling. I think the experiment was a failed one. Like, I think this should have been the first meeting. Like, we're, we're, we're after the point now. I know that feels like the discourse from 100 million yeah. years ago, yeah. but I really do feel like, in hindsight, eh, like, I think I'd rather just had the first big matches. Like, there, here we go, face to face, end of the world. They've both got belts and only one can leave with one. Um, But I liked, I think, that they weren't slavishly devoted to all the spots that we would have fantasy booked. It wasn't so on the nose, twist your foot off. It wasn't so right. Mox is going to hit the like, going to go for the um, the like drilling with the DDT, and then like go for it again and again and again because it's just what finished him on TV. Punk selling of the foot. I agree with Sidgwick was like really inspired. They yeah. weren't doing the sort of like walking around with it absolutely hanging off. It's that constant. am
3: my fucking foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like, the, like
4: it's I actually got, he took a lot of stick for this, but I actually got there. Like my 100% is now a different 100%. Like I know what he's talking about. Yeah. I do know what he means. It's like, I'm never going to, what is he like sort of late 30s? I'm never going to get up and be, 21 a year punk? old CM yeah he's 45 45 sorry yeah I'm never going to get up and be the 21 year old CM Punk yeah. you could have said it a different way rather than my 100% is a new 100% people kind of man. people kind of mathed him a little bit didn't they they yeah. sort of Steinemathed him and I was like well I do get the point a 45 year old's body is not it's uh, got the wear and tear that a 21 year old oh, yeah yeah you, you remember what it was
2: like yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> sorry go off <laughs> My
4: head. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I thought that was really nicely done by both of them to not be so pantomime me with the things that we knew they could have drawn yeah. from. So this was an, a real like epic title fight, bloodbath main event. I for the first time wouldn't have felt like you were always supposed to feel ripped off on behalf of John Moxley, and here was gonna be the first night where he didn't feel that. Forty hours later, I think, why does AW ever take the belt off John Moxley? That is what I now believe in my heart. There is one world champion that makes this company make sense, and it's John Moxley.
2: Uh, And very quickly before we go, your thoughts on Kenny Omega's run
4: was great as well. Yeah, it was good.
2: uh, The the answer machine message we sort of briefly touched on it, and then the the video and the scarf and the walkout and the
4: sports entertainment. But absolutely, my brand of sports entertainment, right up to and including the on the nose CM Punk clip. Cool, cool stuff. Um, I hope, ultimately, in the aftermath of all this, and we will certainly talk about it, I hope Punk's around. Punk MJF, to me, is... Dead. Well, special, like, when it's preserved, and that, like, MJF, even learning from him in this, like, what he's saying, he's putting it back on Punk. I've been you to get myself in this position. So now the only reason you're eating is because you taught me how to do it. Like, that little clip, followed by that, I don't care on the nose, and obvious it is. The answer message after the fact... Nice stuff. The bleeping out of the, like I popped the bleeping out of the money amount. That's great. Like he's not going to upset the pay scale. He's absolutely broken it, but he's not going to tell anybody to what extent he's done it. What a dick. What a dick. I'm
3: going to delve into my thoughts on this in the um, All Hell Breaks Loose podcast. (laughs) So consider this a plug. There we go.
2: Well, let us know your thoughts on All Out on Twitter at Uh, WhatCultureWWE. Watch they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Um, Sidgwick. And you can read Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AW. There may be a, a sequel book coming soon. Who knows? Uh, right now on Amazon. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilburn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. For Daily Wrestling Podcasts, a review of Monday Night Raw is available right now and coming later on today. The Fallout from All Outs. <laughs> uh, yes. All hell breaking loose in AW. We're going to be talking about it in just a short while. So subscribe to What Culture Wrestling to get that. And, of course, our preview and review of Dynamite this week that's going to be tasty. Anyway, (laughs) uh, this has been the all-out review. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?